Hello, beautiful listeners, and welcome back to Rise from the Dead podcast. I'm your host, Ash, aka Ash to Ashes, and today's episode, I am joined by one of my newfound loves, John, aka Stan the Mechanic. Say hello, John. How you doing, beautiful listeners? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I'm so glad to have you on the show. I know I've already told you this multiple times, but I am like a big fan of you and I'm just so happy to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. And and likewise, I'm a big fan of your work. I've been listening to Kill the Dead and Rise from the Dead podcast and you do an excellent job. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So beautiful listeners. I like to start off every episode with icebreaker questions so that way y'all can get to know my guests a little better. So, John, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Yes, let's get it, get it, get it. All right. So the first question I would like to ask, who is John? And who is Stan the Mechanic? How did you come up with such a great persona? Ooh, all right. That's a good question. Um, I would say Stan is like the drag version of John. That's the best <laughs> way I could put it. Like, uh, um, I'm a native New Yorker, so I have like a smart mouth and, uh, you know, running around in the village and, uh, all the different nightlife personalities in New York. Naturally, my, uh, the humor is a little bit, you know, blue and kind of, you know, sexy and, you know, a little X rated. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in day to day conversation, you can't talk like that. So Stan kind of allows me the freedom to do all that. And he's, uh, he's, he's a, the satanic mechanic, but he's kind of like just devious. He's not evil or anything like that. You know, he's, uh, he has uh, fun playing with people's automobiles and he has a workshop in Brooklyn where he services the cars of the supernatural community. And during his downtime, him and his assistants, Brad and Janet, check out some horror movies and just have a good old time. So. Yes. Yeah. I <laughs> love it. Yes, definitely. All righty. So next question, if you were to teach a horror one-on-one class, what three films would be shown in class? Ooh, that's, that's great. Okay. Um, (laughs) oh my God, narrowing it down to three is tough, but I think if I had to, uh, absolutely number one, first and foremost, my all-time favorite movie is, uh, Halloween from 1978, John Carpenter. I mean, it, classic masterpiece i've watched that movie 20 or 30 times i never get tired of it um i think it's a perfect example of the use of suspense and music and you know i think laurie strode is the ultimate final girl and mm-hmm. you know michael myers is the coolest uh, mass murderer on film i think in my opinion um so that that's a big one i would say number two would be I'm going to say poltergeist. Ooh, child. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, typically I'm a slasher guy and I like kind of exploitation slasher movies, but poltergeist, you know, it being a haunted house movie really just, it still holds up all these years later. I remember seeing it as a kid and being terrified and it's still yeah. spooky. And then finding out like how like they put the mom in that, that like pool with real skeletons and stuff. I'm like, girls, Mm -hmm. 
yes. so yes, I think that's a strong showing. So I would show that, um, you know, because you can't go wrong with Toby Hooper and, you know, having that uh, Spielberg influence there. And um, the third one, I think I'd go for, oh man, it's tough, but I would say... For me, I would go with Trick or Treat. That that <gasps> that yes. that anthology movie. It just a uh, little, you know, the little killer Sam, um, another slasher movie, and and just the way the stories kind of tie together, and it just brings me to Halloween night every time I see it, and it's another one that I can watch over and over again, and it's it's more fun. I don't think it's particularly terrifying, but like. It's creepy. It really captures that feeling of uh, Halloween night, and I just love it. So, oh, I, it's such know. a good movie. Uh, I love I, it. I really hope they come through with a sequel because I feel like they they've been teasing us for how years. many years now? I oh know. He's always got excuses. It's like, dude, get it together. Like, right? You got some devoted fans out here. Help us out. I mean, for real. So <laughs> Give good. Give us a fix or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so. I, I would say those, but then. I, I would give special shout outs. Like if I, if I had a four and five or extra credit, I, I would say maybe the original um, maniac from the seventies and, mm-hmm. and uh, Frankenhooker. <laughs> okay. Frankenhooker. I just watched it for the first time a couple months ago since shutter added it to like their service. Yes. And that movie is a treat. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh isn't it though? Oh, <laughs> I can't. So funny. It's just uh, off the wall crazy. Frank Kennenlotter's just a nut in the best possible way. And that is just a really fun, sick movie. So mm-hmm. <laughs> highly recommend it. Uh, seriously, got any money? Want a date? Want a date. All righty. So let's. See. Okay. So I have to ask why do you love horror? Hmm. Why do I love horror? You know, uh, like the honest truth is that it's fun. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like to make it super simple, it's fun. It's escapism. But to to dig a little deeper, there's a lot of nostalgia attached to horror for me. Um, I really uh, bonded with my dad through horror. I remember being a kid and him introducing me to all that. And that's something that we really connected over. So there's that element. And then I would also say, and this is true. It's not just saying it to say it, um, you know, like I'm a queer person of size. So it's like, there's definitely an otherness to me, like always feeling kind of left out or not fitting in. Mm -hmm. And I definitely fit in with the monsters. Like the Frankenstein monster is like, one of my favorite icons because I just really connect with that feeling of, you know, he's alone. He's just looking for someone that to accept him, someone to like, you know, uh, be in his tribe, you know what I'm saying? So right. I really always connected with that. Um, you know, cause people, you know, when you're bigger, just are not always very nice and, you know, just, you mm-hmm. kind of get overlooked. And so it, it, there's definitely all of that, but I would say primarily I look to hard to have a good time, but there, there are a lot of deeper layers there. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that. That just made me like cheat. Like I'm cheesing right now. Cause I just, I really love that. 
Oh, <laughs> I, I felt I definitely felt that. Oh, I'm glad it's true, though. It definitely is true. <laughs> All right. So probably like two or three more questions and then we'll get on to the review of our movie. Okay. All right. So what were your what would your last words be? Oh, oh, that, <laughs> um, definitely it would be Balenciaga. That that would be my last <laughs> word, like because <laughs> I love American Horror Story and in particular that season three with the Coven witches and when they oh. burn when they burn Miss Thing at the stake and that's all she's got to say for her last words. I would <laughs> I would definitely do something silly like that. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. So since you're a fan of American Horror Story how would you rate the seasons like how would you rank them oof okay i my my favorite favorite season is still the first one i think murder house was the best um followed closely by coven because that was just mm-hmm. so campy and over the top and great um then i would say asylum cuz it had definite creepiness and from there it's tough i would say maybe apocalypse after that because they brought the witches back and then uh, maybe i really dug 1984 the last one because they really were giving us that kind of 80s feel that i'm always looking for um freak show would go after that i would say and then maybe i i guess my least favorite would be the cult season oh my gosh you know (laughs) i never finish it yeah, it was rough. I was devoted. Roanoke was better than that for sure. But yeah, my last dead last would be called to just and even though, interestingly enough, like they used the Halloween houses in that one. Like they, they definitely get tip their hat to Halloween 78. They have a whole scene where Sarah Paulson crosses the street the way um Jamie Lee Curtis did in uh, the original Halloween. So outside of that scene, which is epic, I think that season was trash. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Exactly. <sighs> All right. So, hmm. Which two horror figures would you like to see square off? Oh, wow. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. That that's a good one. I am going to say maybe Ghostface versus Michael Myers. Oh, you know that would be okay. You know, because like they're both, especially now with the reboot, they're both just people supposedly, right? So right, with a that, creepy ass mask on, yeah. Hell yeah, and and it's it's very meta the way scream is because scream is so inspired by halloween so it would kind of be cool to see those two square off (laughs) somehow awesome we need (laughs) another square off film like how long has it been since freddy versus jason man what was that 2003 03 i think yeah way overdue and that was so good i don't know why they didn't give us even a sequel to that like Right. It's what we deserve. It's not like we're not going to go spend the money. Like, right. Come on, like, us horror fans, like, it doesn't matter if the film's going to have a bad rep or what. We're exactly. still going to go out and give you our monies. 100%. Like, you know, the theater's just opened. Spiral came out. You know my butt was in that seat watching mm-hmm. Spiral. So... Yes, give it to us. Who are, Hollywood, whoever's listening out there, <laughs> give us what we deserve. <laughs> right. We will help you out for 10%. 
Yes. Ten <laughs> percent of the cut. <laughs> All right. Last question. Okay, I promise. Last question. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> yes. Which horror film do you feel like you have a a good chance of surviving in? Oh man. Uh... I would say probably uh, Poltergeist because no one died in that one. Because I always like to, I laugh with my friends. Like we, we always say, like the, the determination that some of these people gotta have to survive these movies. Like, like uh, what's her name? Like Sally in Texas Chainsaw, or you know, Laurie Strode in Halloween. Like they're falling downstairs. They're getting cut. I was like, I just lay there. Like I don't have the energy in me to like run around like Sydney Prescott or nothing. I would just lay there and be like, get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I'd probably survive poltergeist because it's just ghosts you know what i'm saying and you know fine kidnap me and bring me into another dimension just don't make me run like uh-uh. <laughs> that's what i would say <laughs> that yeah i don't know which movie i would i feel like i'm in the same boat like if it's running I, you probably just go ahead and ask me off like in the first 10 minutes exactly like let let me be uh you know um the the slutty person in the first scene that gets it quick you know what i mean like <laughs> right at least you'll let get... me go out having a good time <laughs> right <laughs> like at least i i got my my goodies okay <laughs> <laughs> take me now balenciaga like <laughs> <laughs> the killer be like what i know like <laughs> <laughs> like okay, okay i mean i guess <laughs> all righty so that was fun i i hope the listeners got to know you a little better i sure did (laughs) all right my beautiful listeners for today's show we'll be discussing the 1989 film phantom of the mall eric's revenge (laughs) (laughs) the film was directed by richard friedman who is known for acts of acts of desperation from 2018 Halfway to Hell from 2013, and Ground Zero from 2000. The cast is made up of Derek Rydall, who plays Eric Matthews, not to be confused by the Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World. (laughs) And then we have Jonathan Goldsmith, a.k.a. the most interesting man in the world, playing Harv Posner. We have Kari Whitman playing Melody Austin. Rob Estes as Peter Baldwin and Pauly Shore in one of his earlier roles playing Buzz. And then I have honorable mention, a horror icon, Ken Forey playing Acardi. All right. Yep. And the the premise of the of the film. One year earlier, an unknown person set fire to Eric Matthews' house, trapping him and his girlfriend, Melody. Melody survives, but Eric does not. A year later, a new mall is put there on the land, and a horribly burned masked man is stalking Melody from the shadows. Ooh, child. All righty. (laughs) (laughs) So, John, what what were your first thoughts after watching... Phantom of the Mall. My first thoughts were that they give away a lot in the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> um, but that it was 
it was fun. Like it, it was, it, it was fun. It was eighties cheese. Um, it was a good time. That, that, that's what I felt. It, it kind of gave me that, that eighties slasher energy that I love. So yeah, right. I dug it. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, so how I came across this film, I can't remember. I think it was like someone on Twitter. It was like, one of those threads and they were discussing different films and someone mentioned this and I was like, I've never heard of this film before. And they said it was streaming on YouTube. So yeah. So listeners after this episode, if you're interested in watching, if you're interested in watching the movie is on YouTube, unless you want to pay some monies. I'm not sure how much it costs on Amazon, but um, I remember like reading up the premise of the film. I was like, Oh, that seems promising (laughs) (laughs) um i do have some issues with some of like what what went down in the film but i mean that's one of the like one of the things you can't help but love about 80s films like they're not supposed to be taken seriously like you're supposed to have fun but sometimes some of the mess that goes on the film you can't help but to judge it like okay why do they do that yes (laughs) totally (laughs) you you didn't have to do all that (laughs) But um, we're going to go through the plot of the film. And listeners, there will be spoilers. I am sorry, but that's how we roll on this show. (laughs) All righty. So I'm going to try to do my best. I apologize if it seems a little wishy-washy, but let's get it done. (laughs) All righty. So the film starts off in an unlit store. A shadowy figure steals clothes in a crossbow. Melody and her friend Susie gets jobs at the new mall just before its scheduled grand opening. The shadowy figure, who just happens to be Eric, with his face half-scarred, is excited to see Melody, who is, happens to be his former girlfriend. Um, he breaks open a mannequin head and takes half his face. So with this film, you can definitely tell they take some of like some of like the story from like fan of the opera yeah so just think of this film as a horror version of fan of the opera <laughs> yep <laughs> yep so when a mall maintenance worker spots eric in a ventilation duct eric kills him by forcing his head into a running fan it's later seen that Eric attacks anyone who threatens Melody. He kills a guard who spies on women in the dressing room. And then by crushing him into an electrical panel by using a forklift. A masked mugger attacks Melody in the parking lot, but Eric shoots him with a crossbow. Later it is revealed that the mugger is to be the mall pianist. Eric kills him on the toilet with a poisonous snake. the the mall owner's son justin harasses melody's friend Susie. eric decides he's going to kill him with a lasso pulled into the mall escalator we are then introduced to a reporter named peter baldwin who becomes interested in melody investigates the suspicious fire and with um and with Melody, her best friend Susie, and their pal Buzz, trying to figure out if Eric is still alive or not. And then we are, it's a flashback to the scene, and we're figuring out like what actually happens with Eric. So a year earlier, 
earlier, Eric Matthews' house was destroyed in a suspicious fire, which apparently trapped and killed him just after he saved his girlfriend. Now, a year later, a, the mall is built over the side of his home. Eric, then we are flash forward back to the present time, and we are um, the, we are uh, watching Eric getting some bombs together, and he's planning a bomb beneath the the mall, and he is planning on blowing up the mall during a grand opening. <laughs> okay, so the mall. <laughs> The mall guard, Christopher, attacks Melody and Peter at gunpoint as they talk in the car about the fire. As they escape and Christopher chases them with his car, Eric leaps onto the roof, distracting him and causing a crash. Later, Christopher attacks Melody again, knocking her unconscious. Eric fights him, then kills him using an automatic box crusher and carries Melody to his lair. Then we're uh, shown Buzz. Buzz is, he tricks a guard away from the video surveillance booth as he and Susie go around the mall looking for Melody. Melody awakens and she talks with Eric. She is glad that he is alive, but confesses that she does not love him anymore. And once she said that, honey, he is pissed. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I don't care because I planted a bomb. So she's going, you going to die anyways with me and all these other bitches up in this place. <laughs> <laughs> so as Peter is searching for Melody in the tunnels, Eric deploys the snake to kill him for being interested in Melody. Um, let me see. Okay. So... Um, Eric tries to fight Peter and kill him, but Eric is stunned by Melody's shout when she's like, don't kill him. I love him. Girl, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, sorry, I I lost my train of thought. Sorry. So Peter takes the chance to knock Eric out. So the pair, so Peter takes a chance to knock out Eric. So the pair escape and able to warn Buzz and Susie of the bomb. Eric revives and killed those who are involved in the arson, the cover-up, and the construction of the mall. So he ends up killing the mall owner, Harv Posner, and the complicit mayor, Karen Wilton. So Melody, Peter, Buzz, and Susie, and all the mall patrons escape as Eric bombs explodes, killing him and destroying the mall. (laughs) Mm. The end. Wow. Great job, because that was a lot. <laughs> it, it was. It was. I was just like, you know what? I'm sorry if I mess up, but this this film are her. No, and you I got for- it. <laughs> right. And I forgot to mention, Morgan Fairchild is in this film, and she is playing the mayor. Mm-hmm. All right. So, with the first half of the film, what were your thoughts? What was going through your mind? You know, I, I was... I was really digging it. it. It was just that, like, I wish that maybe they would have given us a twist. Like, cause you know, right off the bat, it's this dude, Eric, like, you know, uh, right. you find out immediately. So I was just like uh, points deducted for that because kind of, y- you want to be like into it to kind of like who done it, who's the killer. Or, you know, if you're set up to believe that it was Eric, maybe like in the final act, they could have like, you know, given you a twist and it was like really melody all along or something like that, Yeah, but, you know, just, just to kind of be with it. So it was just like, Oh, all right. So it was pretty straightforward. <laughs> it's like, 
you know, and, and I guess they were trying to lean into that Phantom of the Opera thing because, you know, in, in that story, you knew it was the Phantom the whole time. But I don't know, for like trying to lay a slasher theme on top of like Phantom of the Opera, I think they could have thought it through just a little bit better. But I mm-hmm. I would say it was still great because some of the kills, like, let me tell you, when when he drove that um that forklift thing and crushed the the, the creepy pervy security guard that used oh to like oh my gosh oh my goodness can we talk about him like looking through the the security cameras at at the women getting all naked in the the dressing room i was just like that is my worst fear like <laughs> right you know you think about that when you when you're trying on clothes and stuff and it's like god you're really vulnerable and here's this pig totally like checking them out hardcore but you know he got his just desserts because he got crushed against the wall and then his eyeballs popped out and i thought that was hilarious just the way Ugh. it looks and the way they did it <laughs> right and then like same like with that whole scene with the dressing room, I'm like, so do do they don't believe do they not believe in closing the door? Right. <laughs> or is it like are they like all in the open, like, oh, let's try this on? Cause I'm like, I mean, I know it's the eighties. Oh, Anything but, goes, but still. My goodness. And it's like, you know, boobs for YouTube. But by the way, <laughs> right. listeners, like there is nudity in this film. <laughs> you see and Paulie Shore's booty. You okay? sure do. <laughs> and I'm just like, sitting, I'm like, bruh, like this mall's only been open for like 12 hours and you're already acting up. Totally. <laughs> but yeah, no, these girls were just like, hey, here it is. And I was just like, you know, you don't you don't see the security camera like going back and forth through the dressing rooms. I was just like, all right. I mean, there's a lot of things you got to forgive and overlook because it don't make no sense, you know? So, I mean, that was one of them. And, (laughs) but I was here for it. It was really fun and entertaining. And, uh, you know, Eric really got his, he was pretty vicious, you know? Right. Eric was not playing around. I was just like, you know what? I don't blame him. Just like, just the simple fact, like, and it, it makes me think, cause like you look at some of these houses that are like getting torn down to get like all these like businesses to like take over their land and all that stuff. It's like, wow. Like I would be pissed off too. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, no, like I don't want to give up my house and then y'all go on and decide to start a fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, come I on. Mean- and let's, Let's talk about that house fire. <laughs> Can we? Okay. So that was a big fire, obviously. My thing, how do you not smell or hear anything? Yeah. And uh, the, you, the gasoline getting splashed all over the place. Like, you know, there's supposed to also be parents sleeping in the house. It's like, nope. <laughs> Like, y'all was so caught up in each other. Y'all didn't notice anything. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, also, I love how he supposedly dies in that fire and he clearly survives and he just doesn't bother to tell Melody at all until like a year later at her job at the mall. It's like, why? Like, yeah, and that's, you know, right. And that's one of my, like, one of my, the cons about this film to me is like, so I wish they could have went and give us another flashback on how Eric survived yes. the house fire. How did he, like, like how did he 
I'm trying to think of the word. <laughs> Sorry, like survive, like get yeah, out. Like, how do, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, those that was flames a huge were serious. Fire. Yes. Like <laughs> that was a serious fire. Little buddy would have survived that. And you know, and that just half his face is burnt and everything else is fine. Like he's like a ninja. It's so funny with all those oh my gosh. training montages. He's got like rippling muscles. He's like using weapons and he's just, you know, just half his face is burnt. You know, meanwhile, when you see the blaze he was like trapped in, there is no way. We are talking explosion at the end of Halloween 2, huge giant inferno. <laughs> there is no way. But hey, movie magic. <laughs> right. Like what how like his recovery time, like really? It only took a year? For real. And you know, th thanks for following up, Melody. It's like <laughs> you know, right, what I mean? like, you, like you love him so much. <laughs> you could fool us serious like uh, that was a, another one of my uh pet peeves was like, with her she's just like through the whole movie like i really loved him like oh my god that was my boyfriend and i loved him and he's dead and then then you find out he comes back to life and you're like you know actually i don't love what? you anymore. i was like oh my gosh that pissed me off <laughs> I'm like girl what changed because at that point when he takes her to the lair like she doesn't know that he killed all these people like you know like She's he, she wasn't there to see him do it, and he hasn't killed anyone in front of her yet at that point. So really, girlfriend, the only thing that changed was that your man's got a scar on his face. So that says a lot about you. Right. You know what I'm and saying? He's, yeah, he still loves like like right when she saw his face, and she's like, oh, mm. yeah, I'm like Eric, <laughs> I miss you. I'm glad you're alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, but uh, I don't love you anymore. <laughs> right, and then she's like. Don't kill him. I love him. Since when, honey? That's like sis, since he's when? Only, like they've only <laughs> been hanging out for like maybe two days at that point. Her and Peter, the reporter guy. I mean, granted, he's a good-looking man. Rob Estes is is a cutie, but mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, I remember him from the early '90s. A friend of mine was like obsessed with the show Silk Stockings, which you know he was the star of. And then this is before he moved on to like Melrose and Nine Hundred Two One Zero. But um, yeah, total cutie. I get it. But man, you know, and then all those those flashback scenes and dreams where she's like in her satin sheets making love <laughs> to Eric. I was like, girl, corny, like the most boring sex you could ever hope to see on film. It was hilarious. So. I had that on my notes. I was like, y'all, y'all done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just... oh, this is our song. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like, my goodness. Like, they, they couldn't have looked more bored or not into each other in the bedroom. And just once I saw the satin sheets and the and the candles, I was like, wow. That, I mean, perfect. Like, <laughs> just cheesy. Ugh. But, um, but fun. <laughs> because right. it's fun to laugh at. <laughs> right. Like, y'all cute or whatever, but this is whack. But, yeah, like, <laughs> you want to root for her, but I'm just like, the way she kind of takes a turn at the end for like no reason when the whole movie you've been just crying about how much you loved and missed him and how nobody helped her the year before when the fire happened and blah 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 and then you just go and like turn on your man that quick mm. so right. you know she, I, I don't think she deserved her happy ending but what no. are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> we cool on you yeah <laughs> well, what would um what would be like your favorite kill of the film? Hmm. There was some, I mean, I like I like some of the kills. I'm not so, but I actually like all the kills. Yeah, I I think um 
I'm going to go with the way he uh, he takes care of Morgan Fairchild because... You know, oh, yes. Yeah, he just, like, he starts choking her out, then lifts her over the head like a wrestler and throws <laughs> her ass out of that window and she plunges to her death on the mall floor and gets impaled by something. I thought that was pretty hot. She was like, no! I'm like, <laughs> bitch, you had that coming. Yeah, and let's talk did. about her character. Like, it didn't really dawn on me. But, like, the one scene, so... Um, Melody gets attacked by a mugger, and then out of nowhere, Morgan Fairchild, who plays the mayor, she comes, like, pulls up in her car, like, oh my gosh, is everything okay? And they're talking about it. She's like, well, let's not go to the police about let You just go home, you get your rest, and we'll deal with it in the morning. I was like, hold up, if you get attacked by a mugger... <laughs> Should you call the police? I mean, you would think she's like, just go home. It's fine. Like we should have known then, I guess. But because I'm very naive with all this, because at the end I was like, no, she wasn't. Like, <laughs> duh. Like it was there all along. But <laughs> pulled out that little uh, gun of her her handbag. I, I was like, no, she didn't. I was like, coming strapped to her little like <laughs> small gala opening thing. <laughs> bitches in like this sparkly pretty dress and then she pulled out her gun and she was like keep your mouth shut i was like whoa whoa (laughs) i got a lot of money involved in this i'm trying to get out of this town i mean okay but (laughs) (laughs) so i was just like wow that went from like zero to a hundred like immediately but it was entertaining you know what i mean like all this like it was cheesy and over the top like everything morgan fairchild does you know what i'm saying so Uh It was funny, but yeah, no, they they took her out something fierce. At least she she got a a pretty fun death scene. So right, <laughs> and then okay, let's talk about Eric. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's. But he was a cutie pie. But besides all that, I'm just trying to figure out how he figured out like how to he learned all that kung fu, yep. like or karate. So like, how did he learn all those moves? Seriously, seriously, like the training montages were great. Him stealing all the exercise equipment and stuff. And I'm just like, whoa, because you know, barely using weights on him, though. Yeah, I know. Like one one little weight. I was just like, dude, but (laughs) you know, it was funny when he would get into the fistfights with these dudes and just all of a sudden he's doing roundhouse kicks and like, you know, karate chops. I'm like, bro, wow. Like, I was like, that ultra. Hi, kick. I see you, Eric. You yeah. get that. Spin <laughs> around. Uh, yep. Uh, but I was like, you know what? It makes no sense, but I'm entertained. So I, I right. forgive it. <laughs> it's good, though. Right. And then I also have, I have like a whole bunch of stuff in my notes. The, the security guards zone me out. And then we find out like they're all behind all the crap that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the one security guard in particular, I um, what's his name? Christopher. That's the one that uh, Peter finds out, like in the in the like the record store. He's like, yes. "Oh snap, that's the guy that Melody remembers from the fire." Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, "How? Why? Like, <laughs> it, it, like literally, all she said was like it." I remember it was a guy with an earring. So he sees a guy with an earring. And of course, it's got to be the guy that burnt the house down. But it was. (sighs) I was just like, like, wow. How how do you remember that? Like, you fell pretty hard out of that window. (laughs) You were knocked out for a good, like, 15 minutes or so. 
Yep. <laughs> She's like, his, his, his earring, it was like, it had like Sybil. That's who did it. <laughs> so that, yeah, I, I found that hilarious too. So he was like, I, I think I found the arsonist. It was like, dude, it's just a guy with an earring. Like what, what? It was just one of those things with this movie where logic didn't matter. They, they were just going to connect the pieces for you. And that was that. So Right. But it, yeah, that that was great too, and that chasing through the mall. But <laughs> like, I was like, he did you see him plow into that lady with her baby carriage? Yes, I, like, I have that on my notes. I was like, he gave zero fucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, watch out, y'all. Boom. Yup. <laughs> like, oh no, the baby. <laughs> but you know and and like as i'm watching that scene too i'm like this mall looks real familiar did you did you get that feeling too um not really it, like it's like so because i'm a geek and then i was i googled it or whatever so it was like it was the same mall used in um chopping mall and uh... Night of, Night of the Comet, and it was uh, the the Sherman Oaks Galleria. I was like, I knew this looked familiar because for me, what really gave it away was um, the elevator because there's that whole big sequence in Chopping Mall on top of the elevator, uh -huh. and I was like, this looks real familiar. And there you go, it was it was the same wall. So, well, damn, <laughs> yeah, right? Like you know that that little mall's been in a lot of horror movies. I think it was also in um, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, uh, and that's a big ass mall too. Hell yeah, legacy. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then like, what cracked me up about that whole chase scene? How did the security guard end up on top of the ele elevator? Right. No explanation. <laughs> He's just like, ah. I'm like, what? Yep, and slams <laughs> his face down on the side. I'm just like, this movie is just off the rails, but. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay i mean we got our chase scene yeah several and uh, the car chase scene was crazy i was just like god like you know i, I don't know one thing i i have to say though like talk about i, I feel like a lot of characters were wasted in this movie yes. like ken foray you have a legend in your film like that and what does he have like five lines and he's some like bullshit security guard that like does nothing i thought right. that was like the biggest sin this movie committed was like, you know, because him being in like Dawn of the Dead, talk about like the most famous horror movie in a fucking mall. You know what I'm saying? Like at least do something to acknowledge that, you know? So I don't know. I, little... I like how he called out the creepy uh, security guard. He's like, get your ass up and go do something. Uh-huh. Like, I was like, thank you. Uh, yeah. I love him. I love him too. Mm. And I didn't know he had like his own like convention. I was like, what? <laughs> like, see, that's that's legend status right there. You have your own fest, like your own horror festival. Like, we need to bring that back. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'll save up my monies for that. Hell yeah. Uh. <laughs> and what's funny is, like, I was watching this movie. I was like, why does he look so familiar? Like, I know I've seen that face before. Mm -hmm. And then Dawn, I was like, let me look at it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's who it is. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I, yeah, they, they should have done more with him, and then I think the characters, uh, Polly Shore there as Buzz, and mm -hmm. what's her name as Susie, I was just like, there was almost zero point in having either of them two in that movie, but, you know, whatever, I guess. And I, I love them. 
yeah. I'd rather watch their characters than Melody and Peter. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. They were supposed to be like the fun sidekicks and you get so little of them. I was just like, they should have really pumped up those roles a little bit, you know? But mm-hmm. yeah. And like Susie is such a good friend because like there's a scene where her and Melody are shopping and Melody has her eye on this dress and she's like, no, I have to save for college. Ugh. And Susie's like, girl, when's the last time you ever like, pretty much she'll say, when's the last time you ever treated yourself? Yes. I was like, see, I need a friend like that. Like, I have friends who are like that, but I need someone that's going to push me. <laughs> yes, to do the fun stuff. I yes. Mean, <laughs> yeah, she was She was good. Like, I liked her a lot. I, I feel like there was a lot of missed opportunities there, for sure. But, right. you know. And, and then, like, Polly Shore, he's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> he's so, like, he's just like the little jokester. And uh, you can tell he has a thing for Susie. And I'm like, you know what? I bet they end up getting together. Yeah, <laughs> in my head, that's what happens, you know, right. in, in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's Revenge 2. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I half expected, you know, that last shot where they're lingering on him. I thought his eyes were going to open to set up, you know, Same. for the sequel. But no. <laughs> it, Same. It, even they knew. They were like, let's just stop it here. Like, <laughs> well, okay, like, we got the, we, we got our movie. We're good. Yes. Let's- just show him later burnt crispy okay yep (laughs) but i mean is there anything else that like caught your eye with the film or you have any like issues with um yeah i i would just say everything we kind of called out like i think the main thing about it was um how they were going for this whole phantom of the opera kind of comparison but you know in the original phantom of the opera story like the phantom just had unrequited love towards christine in this movie like melody was supposedly in love with eric who was the quote-unquote phantom so i just feel like they blew the whole comparison there because you know she really did spurn her lover to go for this new dude so not that it justifies his rage or him murdering people, but, uh, you know, the Phantom was just truly evil in the original story because, you know, he just had a crush on this woman and was trying mm. to force his way on her and all that stuff. But, you know, Eric had reason to believe that this woman, this Melody, would be thrilled that he would still be alive and maybe would want to pick up where they left off. But sorry, he's got a scar on his face. So, like, she just, right. she is having none of it. So, that that was just the thing. Like they were trying to reference uh, a classic story, but changed one crucial element that kind of makes it that you almost can't compare the two stories. But mm-hmm. you know, but other than that, I think we cut co- we covered a lot of the points there. <laughs> so right, I mean, know. I was still dating him. Like, come on. I mean. <laughs> You know, he had that mask on. He got his body together, like all that training mm-hmm. montage stuff. I, I'm good. Like, I got someone that's going to, like, leave me flowers and steal me clothes I want and stuff. I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, what's the problem? Like, <laughs> Where he's like, I did all of this for you. I'm like, I know, honey. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> all righty. So that's our review on Eric's Revenge. So I do have to ask you, John. How would you rate this film out of, let's see, do I want to go with Flower or 
Huh, let's go with eyeballs out of five eyeballs. <laughs> Ooh, okay. How uh, would you rate the film? I think I would give this three out of five eyeballs. Okay. Yeah, I, I dug it. I, I, you know, like there were huge, you know, flaws in logic and holes in the story. But sometimes if you're just sitting back and you're entertained, you can forgive all that. And this is definitely, for me, one of those examples that it's it makes no sense. It's It's silly. It's over the top. But it's a lot of fun to watch. All right. All right. So do you believe that this film should stay buried or rise from the dead? I'm going to enthusiastically say it should rise from the dead. I think it's fun and it's it's no better or worse than a lot of the other 80s schlock that gets celebrated. So I say, yeah, bring it back. <laughs> bring it back, eh? Bring yeah. it back, eh? <laughs> okay. What about you? What do you think? <sighs> okay. So out of five eyeballs, I will probably... Okay. I'll give it like two and a half eyeballs. Okay. Um, This film, I mean... It's your typical, like, 80s horror film. I love the 80s. That's my favorite decade of horror. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some awesome kills in this. I do have my issues with it. Uh, But I did find myself getting a little bored with some of the film. Mm -hmm. Because I kept catching myself like, oh, I'm on my phone. I need to pay attention to this movie. So (laughs) I did did get a little bored. But um, it's not that bad. Like you said, we've seen worse. Yes. 100%. (laughs) And believe me, there's were like there's some films out there you're just like, what the hell? But yeah, I would I would give it two and a half eyeballs. And I I'm kind of stuck here, like, do I want to want to rise from the dead or stay? No, buried? you gotta say it. Whatever, whatever you feel, go for it. <laughs> so personally for me, I feel like it should stay buried that's personally for me i feel like i most likely would not watch this film again it's kind of forgettable besides Mm -hmm. the cast um but for like the listeners i feel like everyone should watch it at least once and i'm really surprised that tubi don't have their hands on this seriously yeah like they have every other crazy film out there but this one but like i said earlier in the episode you can find a good clean copy of it on YouTube. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in buying the film, a Blu-ray version of the film is planned to be released by Arrow Films later in 2021. So this year. Nice. Yeah, I'll wait yeah. for the sale, but you know, right. you know I, I'll pick it up when it's on clearance. But <laughs> Right. Like, I mean... Yeah, like if it's on clearance or something like that, I'll probably pick it up. But like just to add for my add to my collection because I love, I love owning physical copies. I Me have too. to have it. Doesn't matter if I don't like if I like the film or I don't like it. I have to have a copy of it for just real. to say I have it. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> right. And before I end the show, I do have one little fun trivia. Y'all ready for this? Okay. The music that Buzz plays in the control room can also be heard in episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. <gasps> Ooh. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Yes. I was like, wait a minute. And then it's like, after I, I watched the scene, I was like, oh, I do recognize that. 
That's awesome. I'm gonna have to go back and check that, like just for my own, like, yay! I love SpongeBob. <laughs> well, okay, I see y'all on SpongeBob SquarePants. Y'all know y'all movies. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, listeners, that is our review on Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. And John, my love, where can listeners find you on social media or where they can find Stan the Mechanic? Thank you. Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Stan the Mechanic. You can get all the news and updates on upcoming episodes at www.standthemechanic.com. And uh, current episodes can currently be streamed at Hear TV. So you can go to hear.tv or download their app and use code STAN666 for a free month on me and binge the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> definitely, y'all. Let's like go out there and definitely check out Stan the Mechanic. Like I said, I'm a I'm a big fan. And I just I just love I just love you. Aww. I just love you. I love Stan. And I went back and watched the Hellbent episode again. Yay. I just I love that movie and I feel like the movie should be shown some love. And like your commentary on the film was just awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I try to have a lot of fun with it, but then when something serious needs to be said, you just lay it down. You know, you just right. say it. You know? <laughs> Definitely. And then you uh the streaming platform is here, TV. Here TV, yes. So uh, the the website is here.tv and they also have an app that you can download. So, you know, use that code, stand 666. I have four episodes up there. Stream them and then, you know, do what you got to do after that. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely check it out. And beautiful listeners, you can find your girl on Twitter at Ash to Ashes. That's Ash with the X in the middle, Ashes. So once again, John, I just want to say thank you for being a guest on my show. Much appreciated. And oh. I'm and I'm glad you have fun and you enjoyed the movie. Yes. Thank you so much, Ash. And thank you for the wonderful work you do. Sending lots of love and positivity your way. Keep it going, girl. Oh, thank you. <laughs> all right, listeners. If you enjoyed this episode and all the previous episodes, please give me a rating. Or a, or a review give me some comments dm me if you have a film in mind that you would love for me and a guest to review hit me up in my dms i will gladly watch the film and give you my two cents all right my beautiful listeners that was rise from the dead podcast y'all take care bye <laughs>